Section twelve of And Even Now by Max Beerbohm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section twelve Going Out for a Walk, nineteen eighteen. It is a fact that not once in all my life have I gone out for a walk. I have been taken out for walks, but that is another matter. Even while I trotted, prattling by my nurse's side, I regretted the good old days when I had, and wasn't, a perambulator. When I grew up, it seemed to me that the one advantage of living in London was that nobody ever wanted me to come out for a walk. London's very drawbacks, its endless noise and hustle, its smoky air, the squalor ambushed everywhere in it, assured this one immunity. Whenever I was with friends in the country, I knew that at any moment, unless rain were actually falling, some man might suddenly say, Come out for a walk, in that sharp, imperative tone, which he would not dream of using in any other connection. People seem to think there is something inherently noble and virtuous in the desire to go for a walk. Anyone thus desirous feels that he has a right to impose his will on whomever he sees comfortably settled in an armchair reading. It is easy to say simply no to an old friend. In the case of a mere acquaintance, one wants some excuse. I wish I could, but nothing ever occurs to me except I have some letters to write. This formula is unsatisfactory in three ways. 1. It isn't believed. 2. It compels you to rise from your chair, go to the writing-table, and sit improvising a letter to somebody until the walk-monger, just not daring to call you a liar and hypocrite, shall have lumbered out of the room. 3. It won't operate on Sunday mornings. There's no post-out till this evening, clinches the matter, and you may as well go quietly. Walking for walking's sake may be as highly laudable and exemplary a thing as it is held to be by those who practice it. My objection to it is that it stops the brain. Many a man has professed to me that his brain never works so well as when he is swinging along the high road or over hill and dale. This boast is not confirmed by my memory of anybody who, on a Sunday morning, has forced me to partake of his adventure. Experience teaches me that whatever a fellow guest may have of power to instruct or to amuse when he is sitting on a chair or standing on a hearth rug quickly leaves him when he takes one out for a walk. The ideas that came so thick and fast to him in any room, where are they now? Where that encyclopedic knowledge which he bore so lightly? where the kindling fancy that played like summer lightning over any topic that was started the man's face that was so mobile is set now gone is the light from his fine eyes he says that a our host is a thoroughly good fellow fifty yards further on he adds that a is one of the best fellows he has ever met 
we tramp on another furlong or so and he says that mrs a is a charming woman presently he adds that she is one of the most charming women he has ever known we pass an inn he reads vapidly aloud to me the king's arms licensed to sell ales and spirits i foresee that during the rest of the walk he will read aloud any inscription that occurs we pass a milestone he points at it with a stick and says uxminster eleven miles we turn a sharp corner at the foot of a hill he points at the wall and says drive slowly i see far ahead on the other side of the hedge bordering the high road a small notice-board he sees it too he keeps his eye on it and in due course trespassers he says will be prosecuted poor man mentally a wreck luncheon at the a's however salves him and floats him in full sail behold him once more the life and soul of the party surely he will never after the bitter lesson of this morning go out for another walk an hour later i see him striding forth with a new companion i watch him out of sight i know what he is saying he is saying that i am rather a dull man to go for a walk with he will presently add that i am one of the dullest men he ever went for a walk with then he will devote himself to reading out the inscriptions how comes it this immediate deterioration in those who go walking for walking's sake just what happens i take it that not by his reasoning faculties is a man urged to this enterprise he is urged evidently by something in him that transcends reason by his soul i presume yes it must be the soul that wraps out the quick march to the body halt stand at ease interposes the brain and to what destination it suavely asks the soul and on what errand are you sending the body oh no errand whatsoever the soul makes answer and to no destination at all it is just like you to be always on the lookout for some subtle ulterior motive the body is going out because the mere fact of its doing so is a sure indication of nobility probity and rugged grandeur of character very well vagula have your own way you la but i says the brain flatly refuse to be mixed up in this tomfoolery i shall go to sleep till this is over the brain then wraps itself up in its own convolutions and falls into a dreamless slumber from which nothing can rouse it till the body has been safely deposited indoors again even if you go to some definite place for some definite purpose the brain would rather you took a vehicle but it does not make a point of this it will serve you well enough unless you are going for a walk it won't while your legs are vying with each other do any deep thinking for you nor even any close thinking but it will do any number of small odd jobs for you willingly 
provided that your legs also are making themselves useful, not merely bandying you about to gratify the pride of the soul. Such as it is, this essay was composed in the course of a walk this morning. I am not one of those extremists who must have a vehicle to every destination. I never go out of my way, as it were, to avoid exercise. I take it as it comes, and take it in good part. That valetudinarians are always chattering about it, and indulging in it to excess, is no reason for despising it. I am inclined to think that, in moderation, it is rather good for one, physically. But, pending a time when no people wish me to go and see them, and I have no wish to go and see anyone, and there is nothing whatever for me to do off my own premises, I never will go out for a walk. End of section 12